بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد my brothers and sisters one of my friends very dear friends he asked me a question very interesting question and the question he asked me was how do you set worldly goals because i keep talking about the goal of the akhirah and so on he said in this world as a muslim uh, <clears throat> how do you set worldly goals <clears throat> the way i want to answer that is to give you an example the example is that if one of the one of my young friends you know say hudefa for example huh? if he says how should i set my goals for my school and then college so what will i say to him i will say to him it depends on what do you eventually want to become right so he says i want to become a a brain surgeon right i want to become a neurosurgeon so operating on the brain so then in school he must take physics chemistry biology and in college he must take similar subjects then he gets into medical school and so on and so on now if he has a goal to become a brain surgeon a cardiac a, a neurosurgeon but in school if he is taking literature poetry painting nothing wrong with that but if he is taking those classes he is not studied any science he is not studied any biology or anything then maybe he can draw a nice picture of the brain but but uh, it's so exactly the same logic how do we set goals duniyavi goals worldly goals for ourselves we set them in keeping with our goal in the akhirah Uh, Islam makes everything very simple. Now, what is our goal in the Akhirah? What did Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala say? Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said very clearly, "Faman zuhzi ani nari wa udkhil al jannata fakat fas." Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said, "The one who has been freed from the hellfire and entered into Jannah, this person is fakat fas. He is finally successful." Now, uh, the difference between fauz and falah. Finally, beyond this, there is no exam. That's it. Final exam, successful. Now he is, inshallah, in Jannah forever. This is our goal, inshallah. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to make it easy and to give it to us, inshallah. So whatever I do in this life must take me to that goal. Just like in school, if I am taking subjects, they must take me to my <clears throat> actual career goal. So here also, whatever I do in this world, whether I am a businessman, whether I am a king of a country, whether I am an alim, whether I am a farmer, whether I am a, a surgeon, physician, astronaut, you name it. Alhamdulillah, Islam does not prevent us from going into any field whatsoever, except for that which is prohibited. That's it. Right. I mean, I can't start a business in. Interest-based banking, for example, that is that is haram. But any other field, anything which is 
among the permitted things absolutely and islam does not prevent us from doing anything whatsoever on a side note the international space station which is the space station circling the earth sometimes on a clear night you can see it from here with the naked eye you can see that the thing it looks like venus but it's moving now that thing does it does 16 circuits of the earth in 24 hours which means that it people on the space station they see 16 sunsets and 16 sunrises so they asked the astronaut they said what is the most beautiful thing this you see on that space station they said the sunset and the sunrise and when i read that i cried because i said subhanallah there is not one among them who will see that and say subhanallah huh they are saying it's very beautiful and so on so on and but is not one who will say subhanallah wa bihamdi several years later alhamdulillah there was a malaysian brother who went who became an astronaut and went there so i said alhamdulillah at least one muslim musliman somewhere is going to say this so now the point i am making here is to say that our goal whatever we do it must factor into the final goal which is to get jannah freedom from the fire and get jannah Now, to give you an example from the life of the Sahaba Ridwan Lai Ali Majmain, I'm giving you a worldly example. Abdul Rahman bin Auf Radhiyallahu. Inshallah, sometime when we have more time, I will talk about it in detail. Today we have, we keep this to ten minutes. Abdul Rahman bin Auf Radhiyallahu was a Sahabi when he left Makkah. He left with nothing, and he came to Madinah. We know we know the whole story, right? Now he when he passed away his net worth in current dollar value was 791 billion dollars right 791 billion dollars to give you a perspective elon musk is uh, i just did the numbers i'll tell you elon musk as of now is 269 billion uh jeff bezos is 187 billion and bill gates is 132 billion you add up all three of them it's 588 billion and abdurrahman ibn nawf radhiyallahu was 791 billion so abdurrahman ibn nawf radhiyallahu was wealthier than elon musk bill gates and jeff bezos put together and plus wealthier meaning by a factor of another couple of 100 billion and let me remind you that the comparison with musk and Uh, gates and uh, jabezos is not really correct because their value their net worth is paper and it's notional value it's the primary wealth they have or if not all all of it is the share value of amazon and and tesla and so on and and microsoft whereas in the case of abdurrahman nawf radhiyallahu it was it was real it was concrete it was gold they say that when he passed away his the gold alone was 13000 tons of gold he left 3. Point something billion gold dinar each dinar weighs 4 and a half grams and uh, totally it came to about 13000 tons of gold that is the kind of wealth so we are talking here about real wealth actual gold not notional value of company shares so i think that's something important to keep in mind So money is not a problem. 
because he, he, he was also, he was so wealthy, but he was also among the Asharam Mubashara. He was among the ten people promised Jannah by Rasul. Huh? I told you the story the other day also. In one uh, trade, he got, he came to Madina with 700 camels. 700 camels worth of trade goods, he came to Madina. Said Aisha Siddiqa, obviously, imagine 700 camels coming, there's a big noise. So she came out, she said, what is going on? They said, this is Abdurrahman Rahman Nauf's caravan. And people are saying he has become Ghani. So Aisha Siddiqa, she said, Sadaqa Rasulullah. He said, Rasulullah spoke the truth. So someone went and told him. So, and they were going to, you know, they were buying and say, he said, no, no, hold on, I have to go and check. He went and he asked her, he said, Ya Umana, my mother, please tell us, what did Nabi Sallallahu say about me? She said, Rasulullah said that you will enter Jannah crawling. Because by the time you give Hisa for all your wealth, now imagine this, he will enter Jannah, which means there is nothing haram in his wealth. Eh? He will enter Jannah, he will be given the Bashar of Jannah. But he said, by the time you finish all this, he said, you will be so tired. You so he came, he said, no, I don't want to enter Jannah crawling, I want to enter Jannah standing up. He came and he said, he said to Asayid Asha Siddhi she said, you are my witness, I am giving this entire 700 camels worth of goods, I am giving it off in charity. Hmm? So they say that he came to the market there and, he, and the people said, Sell me, sell me. He said, I have sold it already. He said, to whom? What rate? He said, one is to ten. What? Who is giving you ten times the value? He said, I have got, I've got a buyer. Uh, he will give me one is to ten. Now, the reason I am saying this is because Islam does not prevent us from doing anything. Islam gives us the guidance. So, every action, every interaction, every transaction, keep that only in mind. Hmm? To complete the story of Ibn Fardalano, uh, he had three principles in his business. First principle was low gearing, high liquidity. He dealt in cash. He didn't take loans from it. He never borrowed any money. He dealt in cash. So, what we call in our financial terms, low gear, high liquidity. Second was low uh, profit, low margin, high volume. So he was turning his money around many, many times. So high volume, low margin. They used to say that Abdullah Ibn Fradilana said, if I get one dirham, not even dinar, if I get one dirham profit, I will sell it. He never believed in hoarding things. You know, keeping things and waiting for the market to go up. No, he just sell it. Let it circulate. So low margin, high volume. And the third one was tremendous credibility and that credibility was based and built on the fact that he was known to be a person who never hid the fault of anything. Right? He never hid any fault. If you're, if you're selling something, if, if it had a fault, he would call you and show you, this is what is wrong with it. Never hid. Now that gave him such tremendous credibility that people wanted to trade with him. And the result was that, you know, when he came from, in less than, in less than 10 years, the Nabi Sallallahu was there in Madinah, Abdurrahman Ibn Radhi became a billionaire. So the answer to the question, how do we make and, and list our worldly goals? The answer is, do absolutely anything you want, do it to the best of your ability, and keep in mind, 
the rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah is not going to be pleased, don't touch it. Don't touch it. No matter who tells you what. That's where the problem comes. Because then we have all these advisors. You know, they say, no, no, do this, do that. And oh, this is, this is America and this is 20th century. The law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there for the whole world. And it is there till the end of time. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, there is benefit, there is benefit. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited, that is harmful, no matter who tells you what. Right? We believe Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa We don't believe anybody else. If Rasulullah told us something, that's it, period. No argument with that. We follow that principle, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then give you like he gave Abdurrahman ibn Abdurrahman ibn Allah. Do what is right, build credibility, and then you have to never have to look back. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to give us halal risk and to give it to us as a gift from Him so that there is no hisab for it. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us in keeping with His majesty and grace. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if He sends someone to us, to seek for help, then that person should not go anywhere else. His need should be fulfilled completely from us. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us in a state where he is pleased with us and to save us from hisab and to give us jannah out of his mercy and his forgiveness.